um, hello, um, everyone. Welcome to another episode of uh, Ad Skits podcast series, Impressions and Chai. Um, our topic today is uh, growing social media, building viral content, and um, the role of creator economy as it relates to this topic. And our guest today is Ali Shellhase. Um, Ali is the marketing and communications manager at Madgear. Um, at Madgear, Ali is responsible for its uh, global content marketing strategy. Um, she oversees uh, the brand's global influencer marketing strategy and has a unique take um, on, on how to grow your social media following, which I'm very much interested in learning more about today. Uh, prior to Madgear, uh, Ali has worked in marketing and communication roles for six years in college athletics. Ali, uh, welcome to Impressions and Chai, Ask Your Podcast Series. Uh, where does this podcast find you today? Thank you for having me. And we are currently in Phoenix, Arizona. Perfect, perfect. Well, um, thanks for being here. Um, I guess we can we can get started. Uh, so my first question really is, um, uh, I, I love the brand. Um, you've you've played a key role in in boosting the social media engagement for, um, I guess it's fair to say, world's number one pro scooter brand. Um, and and it's a global brand. Uh, can you share a little bit about how you were able to drive um, the social engagement for Mad Gear across the globe? What strategies work for you? Um, what is something that you've tried and did not work? Yeah, of course. So whenever I came in, Madgear already had a pretty large following across a couple platforms, specifically Instagram, Facebook, um, but there was no social strategy at all. So that was kind of the first thing I did whenever I came in. And there was a couple things that wasn't really working for us. Um, initially, we were just kind of posting content to post it to kind of feed the algorithm, but there wasn't any strategy behind it. And we were posting lackluster content from some of our influencers who were kind of making subpar content. And so whenever we were going forward with a more strategic approach to our social, we had to make some tough to excuse me, we had to make some tough decisions about who who we were going to feature on our branded page. So another struggle that we kind of had was sharing product details with our audience. Um, since we are an action sports brand, we do a lot of focus on our athletes. Uh, and from now on, I will refer to them as our influencers because that's basically what they are. Um, but we kind of had the, to make those decisions of who are our key influencers that we really want to feature and that we really want to push. I think at first we were kind of doing it as a free for all, but that just really wasn't working for us. And then in addition, we weren't really focusing a lot on the product that we were offering. So um, whenever we, at first, we tried to make this really awesome, high quality content in our video studio of our product, it had the slow spins, it had the motion graphics, you know, on paper, it, it would be very appealing to a consumer, but it didn't work. It, it really didn't work. So we kind of had to switch it. And we kind of went back to our roots and said, okay, let's introduce our athletes back into the picture for this. And we found that whenever we showed images and videos of the influencer interacting with the with the product that just performed better than you know the nitty gritty getting into all the product specifications so we really spent uh two years testing out different content strategies that aligned with our brand and our audience and you know another thing besides focusing on our top influencers to feature was 
um, and the product, switching up the product strategy was um, kind of bringing community to social. That is a pillar of our values at Mad Gear. Community is very important to us. And we really wanted to find a way to bring that value through in our social strategy. So one thing that has worked, um, I think this year will be our third annual. We do an anti-bullying campaign every single October where we post facts about anti-bullying on our social media pages. And then we encourage our influencers and send our influencers a bunch of swag from the company and they go out into the community and they're required to make new buddies and new friends in their local community and share that on social. So that's kind of how we bring that community to social and the influencers all in one that like really worked for us. And then another thing that we've done recently that has really changed our engagement is integrating humor and the memes from on TikTok and Instagram. You know, obviously that kind of content has been um, going viral for quite some time, but it's just, we started really engaging with it in the past year or so, and it has been a really beneficial for us. It has really increased our follower followers, our views and our engagement. So kind of, uh, you know, making people laugh was, has been a, a game changer for us. Oh, I, I think, um, that's that's real. I I would just like if I had to summarize, I would say, um, one is uh, for people looking to follow in in your footsteps in terms of like, well, hey, what? How should we? How, how should we approach this? I guess it's fair to say, um, experiment with with a variety of different type of content. See what works for your brand. Every brand is different, and then for mostly for I would say D two C type of brands like 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 Mad Gear, um, I guess that community aspect looks like it it works very well like bringing together the community de developing a strong connection between the brand and the community uh, is what would eventually sort of at least work for mad gear it looks like dan you talked about high quality production videos versus that sense of community and this this authenticity of the brand i think um uh, played a vital role in in driving up your social media following if you will yeah, for sure. It's just, you know, especially in kind of the action sport community, it is a very tight knit niche space. So being able to kind of meet our audience where they're at. And, you know, at the end of the day, they weren't engaging with the high quality content. They like a more authentic approach and they like a more community oriented approach. But that is something that trial and error. That's what we found out basically in the past two years. Okay, perfect. Um. Now, building on 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 sort of you know you in in your, in your you know response to the previous question you mentioned with you you did started working back again with these athletes or influencers uh, working with them to create content uh, etc. So as you sort of go down this approach or as you continue to work with content creators or influencers uh, depending upon what your objective for the campaign is, um, what attributes do you look for when you're evaluating? influencers and, and content creators to collaborate with. Can you can you share some of the metrics that you take into consideration? What does your process look like just for our audiences? So yeah, so we prioritize influencers who align with our brand values. So we're a huge family brand. And so an influencer who has a good online reputation is a huge factor for us. It's honestly the first thing that we look at is does this person person's online reputation align with our brand? And if so, then we're going to move forward. 
So, you know, engagement on social media is really important. So seeing if they have an engaged audience, are they getting the likes? Are they getting the comments? Are their followers really engaging with them? But, you know, another thing that we look at is influencers who kind of have a proven track record of engaged shoppers. And we found that, you know, our athletes or influencers who are in the YouTube space have more engaged shoppers. And then the people who are in that TikTok, Instagram space have a better engagement. So they are two different types of influencers and two different types of metrics that we kind of uh, value for whatever campaign that we're doing. We also do have kind of a a more lifestyle side outside of the action sport pro space where we market to, you know, the moms because we do um, create products basically as young as 18 months. So we have a whole other sector of our products that we reach out and talk to influencers for. So, you know, for brand awareness, we seek influencers with the broad reach for something a little more niche, you know, where we're trying to drive the sale because we know where they're at already. We're gonna try to find the influencers who have a track record with the engaged with the engaged shoppers. And- so I think, Yeah, sorry, go ahead. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, so I would say for us, um, you know, we want to find people who ha like have the ability to drive the link clicks to the website because um, just a little background, Maggear has always been a wholesale retailer all the way up until 2021, where we launched a direct to consumer brand. Uh, direct to consumer website. And that's a huge focus for, on, on my on my part. So you know, for us, it's always how are we going to get people to the website? How are we going to get people to the website? That's like our number one thing. So how are we going to be able to track those metrics? Um, one thing that has really um, been able to help us track our return on investment is engaging in an affiliate marketing software. Before we were not using an affiliate marketing um, software and Madgear has been interacting with these athletes and kind of these influencers for years and basically have had never had a measurement. And we were always sitting around the table being like, we spent X amount on these athletes and how do we know what's the return on investment? What are they doing for us? Besides, you know, we go, they go to the competitions and they post, but how do you really measure it? So whenever we got um, into an affiliate marketing software, that's whenever we really got to have, okay, we have a quarterly report on every single influencer that we work with, how many link clicks, how much sales, how much commission are they doing? And that way we can really figure out what our return on investment on our program is. And to be honest, it's been extremely positive for us. No, I think some very interesting points that you, that you brought up. I think if I have to summarize your response first is um, different strategies or different objectives, different set of influences, different channels, maybe right? like from what you just mentioned, if you want to drive brand awareness across uh, and have a broader reach, you typically go to influencers um, that are on TikTok and Instagram who have a better engagement so that you can drive that brand awareness. But in the end, you know, as a business, you have to think about sales as well. And in, in, and in that scenario, a completely different set of in, uh, influencers uh, help you achieve that objective, which is typically, as you mentioned, in your case, it happens to be the folks on YouTube who, who are really good at driving those sales. Yeah. Um, mm -hmm. So that's one thing is like, if I had to summarize, you know, for different objectives of your marketing funnel or where you, where you, you what do you want to achieve at, at different parts of the marketing funnel you ha you may need to adopt a different strategy one strategy is the same strategy may not work second is i i really like the approach of quant trying to quantify and tracking everything i think mm -hmm. that's very useful so that then you know uh, it, it goes back to the aspect of uh, measuring what matters if you have no idea 
um, who is playing an effective role in your in your campaign, um, then you may not be able to recalibrate or decide whether it's working for you or not. So I I, I think that is that really resonates very well. Um, and you know there are a lot of tools that brands can take awareness of, which you mentioned, affiliate marketing tools that help them effectively measure across channels which influencers and which creators creators are working. So um, I that was that was at least to me very very valuable. Now. Um, the next question um, sort of, you know, will help our audiences with, uh, uh, and a lot of our audiences are, are influencers themselves, right? Like, so um, what are some of the things that influencers or, or these content creators can do to make it easier for, for brands to work with them? I guess um, the, if I had to further elaborate on that question is how can they make your job easier uh, when it comes to you evaluating them? Yeah. So for us, um, I would say the number one thing is be a good communicator. I mean, I couldn't tell you how many times, you know, maybe we see, I see somebody across social that I really want to work with. And then maybe we do contact with them and it's one to two week responses. And, you know, I just think it'd be a lot faster, you know, if you're a good communicator and you keep on top of your thing, on top of your responses. And, you know, not everybody is a big email fan. I personally love communicating via email, but none, basically none of my influencers like to communicate via email. They all want to text because they're all pretty much under 30. So, you know what? I have a work phone. I text them. I'm going to meet them where they're at. But, you know, it's also a two way street. So having the open communication is definitely number one. And if you are looking to, if you are actively looking to partner with brands, make sure you have some sort of contact information easily accessible on your profile because shooting a DM, you know, for me, I feel like it's a little impersonal and it could get lost in the however many DMs they have or get stuck in the requests for X amount of months. And at the end of the day, you really don't want to lose an opportunity with a brand that really wants to partner with you. And I can tell from and I can say from experience that that has happened. And um, another thing I would say, like a piece of advice I would say is if when and if you do get that brand deal, try to personalize it and make it your own. That kind of relates to your audience and your brands and your values that kind of connects with the brand. And I have a really good example of this, actually. So last fall we did a huge campaign for this new scooter. It was a light up scooter, very, very cool scooter, by the way. Um, and it's for little kids ages like four years and up. So we partnered with, I think about 23 different mom and dad influencers to roll out this campaign. And one of the influencers that we partnered with was on TikTok and he, his name was John and he is an at-home baker. And I know what you're thinking. You're like, how did an action sports brand and an at-home baker do a partnership? And, you know, I kind of asked myself the same question. But to be honest, when I saw his profile, I was like, this guy, he's unique. He's fun. He has got little adorable children that he loves to show off. Let's see what happens. And I gave him full creative control. And he ended up making a replica cake of the scooter. It was like a light up scooter cake that looked exactly like the scooter that we had sent him. And you can see in the video, his kids are getting, his little girl's getting excited. And she's like, daddy, that looks just like my scooter. And then it kind of cuts to them eating the cake and then riding the scooters. I mean, it was, it was one of the most unique pieces of content I think we've ever gotten for that campaign. And it performed great on his social media. So it gave us really great reach and it was totally unique. It aligned with him and it aligned with us. So if you can do 
something magical like that for a brand, that's exactly what I think would that should be your main goal. That's awesome, actually. I mean, I wouldn't have imagined uh, an at-home baker driving, you know, awareness or or sales for a, for a for someone like Mad Gear. Yeah, so <laughs> definitely, uh, definitely a, a very interesting example there. Um, so I think so. We've seen influencer marketing and content creator and the creator economy starting to become a more mainstream strategy for brands, especially for you know D two C brands. You know, they play a very important role. Um, and and so then my next question is is more about future predictions. Like, where do you think um, creator economy and influencer marketing is headed? Um, any any thoughts? Any any predictions there? Um, yeah. So I for for us, I would say you know in the action sports space, we are kind of in those macro creator spaces where we do partner with some of the biggest names in the industry. And I do think that does work well for us. However, I think in that space and even in our lifestyle space, there's going to be a shift to these micro influencers. And for us, I think it's going to be great. And maybe even for all brands, it'll be great because it's way more cost effective. There is a smaller audience, which I know some people would see that as a, a, you know, a con, but for us, you know, a smaller audience also means they have a stronger bond with that audience. They have, they have a fostered community that is very specific, you know, partnering with somebody, you know, for example, like a Jenner or a Kardashian, you know, why you may get extreme reach what's really the quality behind that and i really think the influencer market i think we're going to stop looking at these these broad reach me me metrics and then we're going to go more tight in for those really meaningful connections that we're going to make with the consumer because at the end of the day the consumer is always going to trust the influencer or the friend over the brand period so that's something that we really have to understand and you know what i don't know if they're really going to trust the macro influencer anymore i think they are losing some of that trust that they used to have because it's getting so saturated so i think the number one thing that i would say prediction wise is focusing on those micro influencers and really focusing on the content they create that kind of creates those feel-good moments similar to kind of like my cake story so I guess the the two two key takeaways, if I have to if I have to gather from your responses, you know, picking influencers that help you build trust and meaningful connections with your brand. I think that's going to be the future of uh, how brands work with influencers uh, and and content creators going forward. Um, perfect. Um, well. Um, I'd I'd like to now shift gears and and come to the, sort of like the final part of the podcast. I have some some rapid fire questions for you, um, if you will. So first one is, you know, when it comes to influencer marketing, uh, what is your favorite social media channel? Okay, well, TikTok for humor and reach, and then I would say YouTube for sales. Okay, perfect, good. Um, what are your top three all time favorite books that you'd recommend to anyone? Okay, I would say anything written by Brene Brown. She is uh, basically a perf. Uh, you are you familiar? Yeah, yeah, yeah she's yeah. the best. She really is the best. So, um, you know, my top three that I really like from her are the Daring Greatly, Dare to Lead, and Brave the Wilderness. All three really great books that whether if you're in marketing or you're in accounting, if you're a business professional and you're working with people and you're working with teams, you need to be reading those books. Yeah, I, I like her too. She's she's real. She's like yeah, no she whole part, very authentic. Um, uh, I, yeah, she's she's good. She's the best. Um, 
And then, you know, professionally speaking, what is one piece of technology um, that you cannot live with in your day-to-day job? You know, it's probably going to sound cliche, but it's got to be my MacBook Air. (laughs) I love that I can keep everything seamlessly because it goes from my MacBook Air to my iPhone. So whether I'm sitting at my desk working or I'm on the go doing an event coverage or whatever, I have seamlessly, you know, kind of connected all the time with those two products. Um, well, that that brings us uh, towards the end of this episode. Ali, this was this was this was a blast. Uh, very useful information, very insightful. Um, I, I hope a lot of our audience our audiences are going to have some key takeaways from this. So, um, thank you so much for your time and and good luck with everything. Yes, thank you. And you can check us out at madgear.com. Sure. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs>